0: Greetings, and welcome to the Pearls and Patriots New York. I am your hostess, Michelle Weary. Today, I'm so pleased to welcome New York State Regent, Patrice Berner. Greetings, Madam State Regent. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for inviting me to
1: participate. I appreciate having this opportunity the story of my Patriots, and I, I think it's really going to help me refocus and remember that they are the reason why I invest my time and energy in DAR.
0: I think that's perfect. I, I do. Well, let's let's start our conversation with your Patriot. Um, would would you tell me some about your Patriot?
1: Sure. I joined DAR in 2004 uh, under Patriot Seth Thayer, who was born in Braintree, Massachusetts, but he lived the majority of his life in the town of Menden, which is in Worcester County. In 1774, the town organized four militia companies, and Seth served at that time as a private in the 2nd Menden Company, when they received the alarm on April 19, 1775 that there was fighting at Lexington and Concord, that 40-man company marched to Roxbury and then on to Cambridge where they were to engage the British if they tried to retreat back to Boston. And then after 11 days, they were released to return back to Menden. And then <laughs> Seth was commissioned mm-hmm. as a first lieutenant of and then he went on to serve month and 15 days when his company answered the alarm of the occupation of Rhode Island on December 8, 1776. Uh, he lived the rest of his life in Menden, and he's buried uh-huh. in Vernon Grove Cemetery, which is in, now considered the town of Milford. And I had the opportunity to visit his grave about 2006, and uh, the epitaph really touched me. It says, in memory of Lieutenant Seth Thayer, who died May 24, 1803, in the 77th year of his age. So seeing him referred to as Lieutenant Seth on his headstone really tells me that that military service was very meaningful to him.
0: Right, right, right. Oh, my goodness. Well, you also have three other patriots from Massachusetts. What What do you know about them? Well, two of
1: them were also Minutemen from Menden. Um, there was Joseph Daniels, and he actually led the third Menden Company on the alarm of April 19th, seventy five. He was a a generation older, and he had served in the French and Indian War Hmm. to be commissioned as a major in the 3rd Worcester County Regiment. And then his son-in-law, Timothy Wiswall, served as a sergeant in the 4th Menden Company, and they also answered the alarm of April 19, 1775. So I had patriots in the 2nd Company, 3rd Company, and 4th Company. And then another patriot actually lived out in Plymouth County, Massachusetts. He was a Mayflower descendant of Richard Warren through his mother. Uh And his service was in um, the Plymouth County militia where he defended Plymouth Harbor and was also stationed at Dorchester Heights.
0: Uh, That's amazing. Now, did they, how many generations stayed and or who moved to New York and where did they settle?
1: Well, Seth and Joseph and Timothy all lived their lives completely in Massachusetts, and all are buried there. Stephen Cornish ended up moving to Oneida County, New York, mm-hmm. and uh, then family came further west to Orleans County. So, I believe I am the eighth generation from this line to live in New York.
0: Okay, okay. Who was the who was the first in the family to join DAR?
1: My mother joined DAR in 1991. She'd always been told she could join DAR. And then a friend of hers encouraged her to finally pursue it in 91. And then when she became chapter regent in 2004, she's. Uh, said to my sister and I, please sign these forms. You're joining DAR, and we <laughs> but we went in on short forms, which aren't aren't used anymore. But at that time, you could use a short form. So basically, they used my mother's long form, and then we only needed to provide our documentation, our birth certificates, marriage certificates to connect our, ourselves to my mother, and then then the rest was on, from her application.
0: Okay, and. Is that pretty is that application somewhat different today or is the have you seen that that process is slightly different today? Well,
1: uh, after we joined, I'm not sure what year, they did discontinue allowing short forms because they want to collect as much information as possible on lineage and um, and to really prove these these lines now. so no one can go on a short form. Everyone fills out the full long application and provides all the documentation now
0: yes okay now what concerns you know you said you and your sister came in together but then when all three of you including your mother applied for a supplemental where there was there a situation and how how was that situation resolved well we did find out
1: you know later that we had uh, at least three other patriots in our in the same family line so we wanted to fill out some supplemental applications so we started with one for Stephen Cornish and we immediately ran into a problem there with the lineage for my great-grandmother Ida. She was born in 1861 but her parents Morel and Aletta they didn't marry until 1872 so that raised some red flags for the genealogist who was reviewing the application and we okay. were yeah and we were asked for further proof that Ida was Morell and Aletta's daughter because the genealogist could not find Ida listed in the 1865 state census or the 1870 federal census and so she really questioned if uh, maybe Ida was adopted or and it just blew our minds you know so right so I didn't know what to do at first Um, so I reached out to our state registrar and she advised me to write an analysis which was totally new to me because I had never had to actually do the research myself I was always just handed a application to sign so I'm like okay we can do this so and then she had also suggested speaking to another member who is experienced in writing an analysis and to see if she had any advice for me and that member replied you'll never prove it and that was like uh, made me even more determined that I was going to prove this lineage and <laughs> and we just went right after it. Um, So the story is, though, that um, shortly before my grandmother passed away, she told my mother a family secret that had been kept to protect my great grandmother and her parents. And the story was that Morell had left Aletta pregnant and went to live with family in Canada to avoid serving in the Civil War and so that was the family story that we set out to prove with an analysis Mm -hmm. and so we used every primary document from that time that we could find. We had census records a tax record showing that Morell peddled fish in Youngstown, New York, which is right across from Niagara-on-the-Lake, where we believe he went to live with an uncle. Uh, we have property maps showing where the uncle's property was at Niagara-on-the-Lake, his will and testament, leaving money to uh, Morell. Luckily, Aletta kept a diary in 1867 that talks about... Um, Morel bringing shoes to Ida for her birthday and other, you know, entries like that. Their marriage record shows that they went to a neighboring town instead of marrying in their own town, which, you know, raises mm-hmm. some questions. There are some property transfer records where Morel says, I'm transferring this property to my daughter, Ida. Um, and then even Aletta's obituary said, you know, she and Morell married at a young age. Well, they married when they were twenty-nine and thirty. So you know, it's it's just all these little pieces kept adding up and built a very compelling. Um, what we felt was compelling documentation to support the family story. So, and it was a really happy day when that analysis <laughs> was accepted and the supplemental application was approved, you know, because like I said before, I had only just signed the paperwork and I never had to conduct any real research. And this was really the first time I delved into a family history, family story like this. And it really brought Aletta and Morel and Ida to life and to think about what Aleta went through those years and, um, mm-hmm. and it made them more than just names on a piece of paper or a headstone. So I am actually grateful that we had that experience.
0: Right. Oh my gosh. And, you know, are you going, your current research is with your Patriot Artemis Blodgett. Um, are do you, are you a forward motion on that or what is that what's going on yes here? well yes we
1: have one more Patriot we'd like to prove and I'd really like to prove him because he was actually in the Continental Army whereas our other Patriots were Minutemen so I would like to have both mm-hmm. sides of that equation and he was a private in the Connecticut line serving in the 6th Regiment about 1777 to 1781 and mostly dispatched along the Hudson River building fortifications and defense defending West Point Stony Point that area Uh, But the problem we're having is proving that his daughter was his daughter. um, Eleanor Millicent Cornish, um, we believe, was his daughter, but when she was born, the family had moved from Connecticut to Vermont, and there just weren't records in that area when those last two children were born. And we're just having a tough time finding any other documentation that proves that fa- father-daughter relationship. So I'm hoping when I have more time on my hands, I'll be able to find that elusive record and with it right. will prove this fifth Patriot, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, and how long did they live in, Vermont.
1: It, so it really looked like it was just for those last two children. Um, mm-hmm. So about 1798, 1800. And I've reached out to you know local historians there, and um, they just didn't have records there. So I'm we've got to do some more research. Maybe after he came to New York to see if if we can find something here that might help prove that.
0: And how long have you been?
1: Oh, we've um, been on this for a couple of years. We've tried, but just other things have gotten in the way with other service uh, right now. So we'll get back to it, but um, it, it's still, it's on the back burner, but I'm looking forward to hopefully proving it someday. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, be- before we go, as New York state regent, you chose Niagara Falls for your state theme. What do the falls mean to you? Well,
1: I've lived in Niagara Falls, so, and, and if you've ever been there, I'm sure you can attest that it is truly one of the natural wonders of the world. So I love going there anyways, anytime, I will happily go to Niagara Falls. Just the beauty and the power and the majesty, it's just mesmerizing to me, but... When we have out of town guests, that is naturally our place to take them for an outing if they've never been. And so when you get to take someone to the Niagara Falls and you get to ha- be with them when they witness that awe and majesty for the first time, it is, a, it is a special experience all in itself. And I just love getting to do that for people and, and sharing that experience with them in their lives.
0: Now, now here's a question. You've never gone over the barrel or have you seen <laughs> <it anywhere? laughs> And it's, I always think that's a mess. <laughs> it, oh, well, no, that, it's really
1: happened. And even someone has gone over the falls accidentally and survived it. So it, it's unbelievable but true. So, um, <laughs> But you can't help but wonder when you're there at the edge of the falls and just picturing people. What's going through their head when they decide to do that, I don't know, but it is amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mrs. Berner, I I never did truly thank you for your support on exploring and, and then implementing this podcast, Pearls and Patriots New York. So, and I want you to know this really has been such a fun, fun project and, and I thank you for that, for that opportunity. Well, thank
1: you for pursuing it. I think it's a wonderful project and I'm so proud that you're you're doing this. So thank you for all your time and effort.
0: Well, thank you. Madam State Regent, it has been an honor and a privilege to serve in the Berner administration. It truly has been. Until next week, be a voice for the voiceless.